following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! Yeah! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, February 16th, 2022, Season 17, Episode number 104. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We've got a lot we're going to talk about today. We're going to finish up our conversation on the salary cap. We started that last week. There will be more questions I have for these guys about guys that uh, could be here and could be not here and the amount of money it'll take to do both. Uh, before we get into that, though, I would did want to start first uh, with a little opener here. And obviously, we usually would give everybody an opportunity to talk about a sports topic uh, from the previous week. But I think this week we got to talk about Super Bowl. Uh, it was obviously a game that uh, that was I thought it was a good game. I thought it was a fun game. I know some people I've talked to were like, yeah, it's kind of boring, but I thought it was good. It was good defense. What were you guys thoughts on the game just in general? Uh, Logan Wilson did nothing wrong. The refs completely botched the end of that game. It was not. It was not defensive holding. Uh, they had called three flags all the way through that game, and the the subsequent flags were penalties. Yeah. But that was not. And uh, the Rams still would have had a fourth down to try to score or convert. And I thought the refs completely botched what would have been otherwise a really dramatic moment. You know, to give the Rams first and goal on a BS call like that, I just thought tainted it. Obviously, I'm a little biased. I wanted the <laughs> Bengals to win. Just in full disclosure. Full right? disclosure. Yeah, I mean, if if had a dog in the if fight. I had really wanted the Rams to win, I would have had a reason why that was okay. Yeah. You know, Ramsey got face masked on the long touchdown to Higgins. I get it, but I just thought that kind of put a damper on. You have tattooed his face on you on Who? your body, Joe. They won the no, Super Bowl. No, I'm not. I'm not tattooing another person on me. That's yeah, a lot. Bad idea. That's a lot. Unless um, it's like mom. Like mom can get that kind of love maybe if mom. you're gonna go there. But other than that, maybe like, mom. I just don't. Uh, but I'm really happy for Odell. Really happy for Andrew Whitworth. Way to go. Yeah. Unless you guys on both squads. So yeah, yeah that's like, the beauty got, of it. Yeah, we got guys. Yeah. What do you think, Amp? I. You know what? Some people didn't find it fun, and I get it. But it was fu- to me, it was fun to see a different team on the Super Bowl, and and it allows you to, in your mind, be like, okay, well, well, it could happen. We can see ourselves in there someday. <laughs> you know, it's doable. Doing this. The Bengals got there. We're doing I was this. Actually, going to ask that <laughs> question. Like, did you come out of that game feeling better, worse, or about the same as as what you did at the end of the season? Like. Man, maybe I could see the Cowboys here, or I have no, I I can't see any fat. I can't even fathom the Cowboys being here. Like, did it change anything for you? To me, it was a mixture of both. Because okay. on one hand, it's like, okay, yes, it's absolutely doable. But on the other hand, it's like, damn, I feel like this was the year. You know, the Cowboys had shown yeah. so many things. Obviously, not at the end of the the year, but. They had shown so much potential, and I really felt that this was our year if there was ever going to be a year, and it did not happen. So personally, it was a mixture of both. But once again, you talk about defense, and defense is winning championships for you, and we saw that with Aaron Donald, and it was just like, damn, okay, we definitely need another step up on this defense, and I truly believe they're they were getting close to getting there, but yeah. we need a badass defense. Nick. And a good quarterback. I mean, I <laughs> thought it was 
the best ever. I mean, just a collection wow. of talent. Okay. Yeah, I mean, oh, you talking about like the, to start the, the, the with Dre yeah. and then Snoop, there we go. That's okay. and then Eminem comes in and Fifty Cent. I'm I mean, all in on that. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just thought it was it was amazing, it and was. I don't care what people say. I mean, I was arguing with people on Twitter, not really arguing because I was. I said it was the best ever, and people yeah. said that I was wrong, and I told them I I wasn't asking. I mean. <laughs> Right. I wasn't My opinion. When this is, I mean, wasn't a question mark like best ever? Like, no, best ever. Because yeah. Dave knows this. I mean, all that is in my wheelhouse of in yeah. the early 90s hip hop. See, I think of that as more my wheelhouse. I mean, whatever. That's what made it great. It well, was a combination of both. Not, 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 not. I mean, Dre and Snoop, no. But okay. the era, like, they didn't play early 90s stuff. Like, he was playing stuff from 2001, which is when I was in middle school, high school. I loved it. And yeah, I'm just saying. And I mean, Fifty Cent in the club is like yeah, that's definitely yeah. Uh, that's and, I mean, and obviously Kendrick Lamar. I mean, that's really my wheelhouse. Right, yeah. But you know, I mean, we can share it. That's fine. It was, it, that's true. I thought it was awesome. As for the game, you know, the the Cowboy to win it, you've got to be like, I mean, Matthew Stafford. I mean, look how many times they almost didn't get there. You know, they almost just lost that whole thing against the Rams, and then the 49ers were in control, and then the Bengals were in control. So to win it, win a Super Bowl, you've got to go three or four times. You've got to be, like, perfect mm-hmm. and make all the plays against good teams. And the Cowboys only made the plays against a good team once, and that was the Patriots, before the Patriots even got it going. They were kind of bad before that. So they never really beat a good team playing well all year, and you have to do it three or four times. So I don't know if they're really that close. And not only that, I think it, that game to me showed that you got to be good, well, really good, you also have to have some lucky moments. That that call, Dave, I think was a good – that was a lucky moment for the Rams because yeah. that was a very That's... questionable call. I'm not going to say it was a wrong call because I think there's a there's case that technically it probably could have been a holding – but I do think that's a lucky break for the Rams. And I think in any any team that's going to win a championship, along the way you're going to have some lucky breaks mm. that just are not about you. It's just a lucky break that happens, and that's how you get where you get. Stafford threw a duck to Jaquiski Tart in the NFC title game yeah. that got dropped. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, you're sitting here saying, like, Rams did all this, and, and we're so they fell so short, yeah. and this is why you don't – Go all in and do all this crazy stuff, and imagine the narrative. now we're building we're building a narrative around how the Niners got it right. That's and I mean you can always try to learn stuff from the Super Bowl teams, but I think you got to take it with a grain of salt too because it yeah. takes so many breaks to pull that off. It absolutely does. And, and not I I want to say like not to be glass half empty, but I think Cowboy fans by and large are still pretty pissed off. Oh yeah, and rightfully so. And so. When I see the Bengals in the Super Bowl, it actually makes me feel dejected. Cause I look, I love Joe Burrow, but I'm just like, this ain't this is not a Super Bowl team. Like they got there with a point margin of 13 points in the playoffs. Like by the skin of their teeth, Joe got sacked like 18 times in the playoffs. That's not an exaggeration. No, that's, yeah, that's right. And I'm just like, these guys, they're I'm all credit to them. They got there, but like that is not what a Super Bowl team traditionally looks like. And I just look at that and I'm like Cowboys can't pull this out of their butts once in 26 years. Even they've had great teams make the playoffs. They've kind of snuck into the playoffs a few times. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. They've never they've never caught that lightning in a bottle when they needed to. And I'm just like, if these guys can do it, it's a matchup of two four seeds. That yeah. hasn't happened in forever. Yeah. And we're sitting here wondering why a team that's been the one, two, three seed can't pull it off. It's just like, my God, man. So, like it's almost more statistically improbable that you don't ever string something together yep. 
than it is that you do. Because the other teams that are in the same boat with you, they're teams that have just been traditionally bad. Like, they don't make playoff appearances, right? It, it, that's the part that's weird is when you look at the Cowboys, they're an anomaly from the standpoint of a team that regularly has been in the mix, but for whatever reason, for 26 years, hasn't won a championship, hasn't even been to a championship game. Like, it tells me, like, they've part of that, they've been just unlucky. They don't get those kind of breaks for whatever moment. And in those moments where a break here or a break there makes a difference, they don't get those breaks, and by quite frankly, they haven't been good enough and for whatever reason. The you can look around too, like the cruelty of it is like the. I mean, the Bengals are in that club right now, but the Panthers stand out to me. Mm -hmm. The Buccaneers, Tampa's a little different because they signed Tom Brady, but even like even franchises that you typically think of as like kind of sorry, like the Panthers are either pretty bad or they're good enough to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And they've made it twice over the last 20 years. <laughs> right. Just two more times than the Cowboys have. And you're just like, they can't do it either way. They yeah. can't be dominant the way that these perennial playoff contenders are. And they can't pull a rabbit out of their hat either. And it just, it sucks. It's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Nick, what did you think about uh, DeMarcus Ware not getting into the Hall of Fame? Well, I was surprised, obviously, until I've, you know, called around and figured out, like, what, what was what's going on? And I realized... That the the committee is is making a big change, and they they took a stance this year um, to to let everyone know that that they wanna they wanna differentiate between first ballot Hall of Famers and Hall of Famers, and they they made a point this year to to get some other guys in there that they thought was deserving, and they didn't put Demarcus in that category, and so uh, it's unfortunate because it was gonna be a bad uh, Hall of Fame class if he was in there. Yeah. And um, for him not to put it in there like that, I just think I thought it was terrible, you know. But I just don't understand the difference. If you're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Famer. But then again, this is coming from the person like when I graduated high school, you know, it was just a cap and gown. But then some people have like a little yellow tassels, you know, to show that they were with honors. I mean, I didn't have that, obviously. I'm just like, <laughs> what's the difference? I mean, we're all graduating here. But like these people were honors. I feel like that's what this is. It was like, well, you have a really gold platinum gold jacket you just have a gold jacket <laughs> platinum gold I, don't know. I think which it's really disappointing i thought he deserved to be in i was honestly shocked like i kept i, I watched it live when they brought them all out and like every, you know they cut to the presenter first and they cut to emmett and i was like okay emmett's introducing somebody it's got to be demarcus Ware. and it was like a ref or something and then <laughs> yeah. like they got i was like are you kidding when they got to the end i was like um I still haven't heard Demarcus's name. Like it took probably thirty seconds for me to finally accept that he wasn't getting called. Having said all of that, like to your point, if you're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Famer, and I guarantee you that was the committee's mindset in the opposite direction. And they're like, he'll get in next year. What's the difference? These guys might not get in ever. And I think that's what we just saw. They're like, let's. They cleared the backlog. They were like, these guys have been stuck for a while. People have been arguing on behalf of Leroy Butler. Uh, and and Tony Baselli is another one. Like they, yeah. people have been arguing about these guys for a decade. Yeah. And I think they were like, and you can disagree with me if you want, but the committee was like, they're deserving. Let's get them in. Demarcus Ware will be in, and it was validated. This was just my opinion, and it was validated the next day when. Uh, Rick Goslin, who's like the godfather of Hall of Fame voters, he wrote that column, basically. Yeah. Like, his column was like, DeMarcus Ware's time is coming. These guys needed to go in. And I'm like, 
Disagree, but okay. Yeah. And so, I don't know. He'll let's, be in next year. Let's talk about Leroy Butler for a second. Yeah. Because this is actually... Mixed feelings on that. Yeah, but this is actually... You a should be... Thing. No, you should be happy. It's a good thing. That's what I'm saying. That's why they have the mixed feelings. Yeah, yeah. there's he's not a better player than Darren Woodson. He never has, never, never has been. I mean, never will be, obviously. But he wasn't. He wasn't in the same category. But they voted him. Those voters voted him an all-decade team um, for the 90s. So... He, he had to go in before Woodson. So if Woodson's ever going to get in, John Lynch had to get in, mm-hmm. Lori Butler had to get in, in their mind. And so now this opens the door, I think, for, for Woodson more than, than you you know you would think it would. It's the most confident I've ever felt that Woody's going to get in. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not in 2023, but like I think you can grease those wheels now, which yeah. is cool. It's just weird for me. I, I, I look at the, the list of guys, and I think – Particularly, there were two names on this list this year that, to me, are more deserving of the Hall of Fame. And I understand they're like they're trying to get guys in that that are deserving, I guess. But I'm always like, take them and put them on a list of best to worst, and then the ones that are the best in that group get to go. Because I think Demarcus Ware and I think another travesty was was Patrick Willis. Patrick Willis, in the time he played in the NFL, was considered, in my opinion among the very best linebackers. And there was a period of time there where he was the best linebacker, middle linebacker in the NFL. And to me, that's what a Hall of Famer is. And so I'm just, I don't really know. Obviously, I'm not in those meetings. I don't know how they talk about all this stuff. But to me, I think so often they get caught up in all the other things. These guys back on, do we need to get them in? Like, just make it simple. Who are the best players? And list them out in order of the best players and the top number of them. Get in. That that to me is the best and most simple way to do this and do it right. You know how long we've been doing this show? It's 17 years. And th- I'll tell you, to put it in perspective, we we were on doing a pre-draft show one time. Before the draft show, we were just doing our show. Yeah. And, and, and trust me, I'm wrong about a lot of people. But I was like, the Cowboys need to draft Devin Hester in yeah. the second or third round because I remember that. this guy will make a difference. And – I think I said third round, and he went in the second round, so yeah. like that wasn't going to happen. But like I just he came to my office when he got drafted, like, oh, damn, my yeah. guy's gone. Yeah. 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 Of course, I also was like, I did not want Demarcus Ware, so I just thought Derek Johnson was a way better pick mm. than Demarcus Ware, and he was pretty good. But he wasn't. He was a good player. He had a good career. He I don't know he's if I call him a Hall of Famer, but he's not going to be in the Hall of Famer. He's a good player. So. And I, Devin Hester belongs in the Hall of Fame. I yeah. agree. And yeah. Again, when you talk about it, if you say, man, this guy the was game. the very best at what he did in the time he was in the NFL, then to me that's a easy – those are the guys that should be first ballot, yeah. right? Because like they they are guys that, are, that were recognized by their peers and by media and whoever else in the time they were playing. They were among the very best in the league every year. I just – I agree – and I, I think it gets a little convoluted sometimes, but I also think that's it's that's a really hard job because everybody's got an opinion about this. Like so, Baselli's been a flashpoint player for years. He only played ninety one NFL games, but he's a three time All Pro. And anybody who's familiar with that era, especially like watching the Jags, like anyone will tell you he was the best tackle in football for a four year period, yeah. which. Willis is kind of similar. He only played like seven years, but he was the absolute best almost the, best, the whole yeah. time he did it. And so parsing all of that out is tough. Um, so I don't envy those guys. And it's disappointing for where, but I always, like, I'll like i bet you $20 today he's in at this time next year. So. Well, I think this time uh, last week, I think we all probably would have bet, made that same bet yeah. that he was going to be in, and, and he wasn't. And so I just, I just hate when they put it off like, oh, he'll get in. I just think yeah. if a guy's due and ready – 
he should be in. Like I, I just think that you wait the five years for that period, and then if you're ready and it. you're the guy, then you should get I think it. He's absolutely got a resume deserving of being first ballot. Yeah. Uh, Jared Allen didn't get in either, did he? No. And that's another guy that probably has a first ballot resume, in my opinion. Maybe. 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 Not as good as Wears. Not as good as Wears, but, but hey, you can make the case. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's it's hard. I think you're right. It's hard when you get to this point because most of the guys that were finalists, you could make an argument, a pretty credible argument, that they belong in the Hall of Fame. The question just becomes who gets in what year, and that's why I'm like – just take it in order. Who's the best players? And the best players that year get in. If that means you're never among the best that year, that probably also tells you something that maybe they're not Hall of Famers. I'll tell you what I opinion. I'll tell you what I don't like is this bubbling conversation that Stafford's a Hall of Famer now that he won a Super Bowl. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, yeah. his career's not over. Maybe he will be by the time it's over, but him winning that game on Sunday does not put him in the Hall of Fame. In yeah, my did opinion. you hear Richard Sherman? Yeah, and I agreed with everything he said. Yeah. Like, at no point have you even been one of the three best quarterbacks in the yeah. league. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. All right. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into this conversation of the salary cap. Uh, we've got a lot of questions for these guys. We started that last week. We talked about most of the offensive guys. we got a couple offensive guys and some defensive guys we need to get to. I'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. We're teaching Grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. Back to the break. I don't know how you could forget this, but if you have forgotten to get your WrestleMania tickets, remember, it's coming to the stadium. April 2nd, April 3rd, two-night event at AT&T Stadium. Get your tickets on SeatGeek.com. It's WrestleMania. 
Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Life in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're going to get to our conversation on the cap. Before we do that, though... I don't know if we are. <laughs> you think gonna take a, this might take a whole segment, and then we'll do a segment on the cap. But we do need to talk a little bit about a conversation that happened yesterday. I think it happened yesterday. Mike McCarthy was on The Rich Eisen Show. Uh, gave a really interesting, uh, some really interesting comments and uh, kind of alluded to some stuff that our own Dave Hellman was reporting from the Senior Bowl and his talks with Jerry Jones. So let's, Dave, why don't you kind of walk us through and set this up for us, and then we got some clips we want to want to talk about. Yeah, so Mike went on Rich Eisen's show yesterday, and, I mean, they talked about a bunch of stuff, but Rich Eisen cited our story, yeah. which I wrote on DallasCowboys.com. Didn't give you a shout-out by name, which no, I was kind of okay. disappointed I don't, with, I'm not. Whatever. I'm not in it for the clout. I'm in it for the love <laughs> of the game. Um, but Interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you follow the Cowboys, you're probably aware a couple weeks ago at the Senior Bowl, Jerry Jones told myself and Jory Epstein, he just he said a lot of interesting things, namely that, you know, maybe Dan Quinn would like to be the head coach of the Cowboys one day. Mike McCarthy won't be the head coach forever. Uh, all true, by the way. All, no, that, all true. And, and I thought Rich Eisen did a great job of yeah. framing it. Yeah. And that was the point of my story. He said a bunch of things that are factually correct. Yeah. Still weird to hear the owner and general manager of a team that just made the playoffs say them out loud. Like, you generally don't start talking about the successor for a coach that you're happy with. So anyway, Eisen asked McCarthy about all this. I thought he was shockingly transparent. Beam, I would if you can cue up the one about DQ, McCarthy, this is McCarthy talking about his relationship with Dan and them talking to each other about people speculating about Dan taking his job. You know, we talked about him staying here, uh, you know, long before he even took it, took the interview. Now, obviously, when he took the interview and then this, you know, this this narrative broke out, uh, I think it, in reflection to the relationship that Dan and I do have, you know, he just said, hey, man, if I'm not comfortable with this narrative, um, you know, if, if, if you really feel like I need to take one of these jobs, you know, just be honest with him. And, I, and I, we kind of laughed about it. And I just said, Dan. 10 to 12 years ago, I'd, I'd tell you, please get the hell out of here. I don't want to deal with this. But the, the reality of it is um, I'm about winning. He's about winning. And the best thing for the Cowboys is for Dan Quinn to be here. Which I I love the transparency, first yeah. of all. Just like, yeah, we've talked about this. And the idea that Dan was like, man, I can get out of your hair if this is going to be a problem for you. And McCarthy was like, I can handle it. Uh, which... I, I'm going to remember. I don't. I don't know. I feel like that could be famous last words. To be honest with you, yeah. just depending on how the season goes, like unless he's okay with whatever outcome, like that might also sure. be part of this. This is a veteran coach. He's won a championship. Like he's he's coached at two of the most iconic brands in the National Football League. He might be like, I'm not getting side slide tracked by any of this. If if at whatever point they make a decision, I'm not the coach. I'm good to walk away and be fine with that. I guess my point is like, it's easy to say that in February, but yeah. when if you're three and four in October and the noise is just beating down on you from all directions, yeah, are you like break oh. is just killing you every day? Yeah, ba- yeah. oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then okay, and then we'll do another one, which I thought this was great, Rich Eisen. He was like, you know, have you have you talked to Jerry Jones about how he kind of dangled your feet over the fire like this? And he was like, oh, yeah. And he he brought up Dan and Sean Payton by name. So we know now, thanks to Mike McCarthy, that he has talked to Jerry Jones about. So, you know, you're just courting retired coaches for my job. Give this a listen. Oh, we talked about it. Uh, we, we, we talked about Dan's situation. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we, we talked about Sean Payton's 
narrative also. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been discussed. You have discussed yeah. that with him. What is, what is, is anything you can share uh, that you have discussed? Oh, no, I mean, just, no? really the, the, just the conversation was, you know, uh, you and I are in this, you know, back to back and, uh, you know, it's a partnership and, you know, just focus on what we need to do moving forward. Um, and, you know, and he, he made some, you know, personal comments about, you know, how, how he feels about it. But, you know, that, that's really for, for him and I. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I'm very, very comfortable with our relationship and our dialogue. I mean, it's uh, at the end of the day, uh, we we both want the same thing. And it's, uh, and it's to, you know, to win the world championship. And, and hey, and definitely the narratives are unusual. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think you have to, you got to trust the relationships and the, and the communication and the connection that you have. I'm dying to know what Jerry's personal comments about how he felt about it that Mike didn't want to share were. Yeah. That's my main takeaway from that. Yeah. It's like, what did Jerry say? Uh, He's like, he, winner, winner else. <laughs> yeah, right. I took that like oh, his opinion about Sean Payton, like whatever Jerry's thoughts about that are. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I mean, you know, as for the Dan Quinn stuff, I think that he has to, um, you know, if he doesn't go to the Super Bowl or to the championship game, I think he's probably not going to be the coach here anyways. So it doesn't really matter. He, he's got to get there. That's the way that he keeps his job is probably to have success that this team hasn't had in so many years. He said the word narrative a hundred times. Well, the narrative is is that the, this team hasn't won a Super Bowl or even been yeah. to a Super Bowl in 26 years. So That's the only narrative that matters. If you fix that, then – and the best way to do that is to have Dan Quinn here. So, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what else – I mean, because he, cause he could say, well, go somewhere else. If you don't get it done, you, then either he comes back or someone else is the coach. So yeah. so the best way, and he, he said it, the best way for them to have success is for them both to be here. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this question, and, and I be, feel free to say, you know, I really don't feel comfortable answering it. But <laughs> um, what do you think was his motivation behind doing this? Because, again— he doesn't have to meet with the media. This was something that he decided Jerry to for do. saying it or Mike no, no, for Mike, responding Mike, to for it? No, no, Mike actually saying, yes, Rich, I'll come on your show, knowing that this would probably be a part of the conversation. And then, two, in sharing at least some of the details of some of this stuff that before, like you said, Dave, we didn't know some. We had not had confirmation of some of this stuff until he mentioned it. And definitely the the comment that he made about Dan and, and, and him and Dan having the conversation, like, do you really want me to leave? Like, what do you think is the motivation that he's uh, of him actually being that transparent with the media on this probably getting out in front of it and well not really getting out in front of it because jerry just lobbed that into the news cycle on his own but i do think i think it helps or does something to just acknowledge it and again that degree of transparency like yeah dan and i have a good enough relationship that we talked about him maybe even leaving to spare me the problems of mm-hmm. this speculation. And I think at the very least, the goal, I think, is at least to dispel the notion that everybody's walking around with a knife behind their back. You know, like Dan Quinn's just waiting for him to turn around so he can get in there and take the job. Um, and so to at least present the idea that there's like a unified front between him and Dan and him and Jerry. Like, yes, I've talked to Jerry about Sean Payton sitting out there. Like, I get it. And to Nick's point, we got to win. Um, so I don't know if it – I know for a fact it doesn't change anything because people are going to talk about this all year. Um, but the, I, to at least kind of be transparent about like, look, yeah, I got it. And this is part of the landscape of coaching the Dallas Cowboys, which good on you for realizing it. 
uh, I don't know. It at least, like I said, it's not going to make it go away, but at least he's kind of admitting that he's got his blinders off, which yep. Jason Garrett would never. Jason <laughs> right. Garrett would be like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. and, and I don't think that helps anybody. Is there are you with a smile? Like, hmm. yeah. 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 I, I, don't, yeah. I don't think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I think uh, that, oh. I'm not answering that question. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm, cause you, and you don't want me to answer it. So I trust me. Now I want you to. No, 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 no. no now I'm waiting for the break. Answer, no, I just no. want to hear the break. <laughs> I'm just not answering that <laughs> what, of why he did that. Because yeah. Are you being a chicken? Oh God! Please stop! 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 Please stop! No, stop! Stop! We'll talk about it in the break. I have my reasons. No, we will talk about it in the break, and then I will let you guys know. Yes, this is appropriate for the air, or maybe it's not appropriate for the air. But yeah, let's let's. What do you think, Amber? Well, I mean, I just <laughs> She's about think... to say exactly what you would nah. think. You probably no, nah, no, nah. no. I just think that. I mean, once you start hearing so much things from outside, it, whether you want to say you don't listen to outside noise or mm-hmm. whatever, that's a lie. We, we're all humans. It happens. It does get to you at some point. So I think it just the combination of different things. I mean, we even, whoever watched the NFL honors, I mean, you heard the joke and they put Dak Prescott on the spot point. Yeah. right there. Yeah. So Forgot when it gets to that. that level of you hearing so many things and you being now kind of turning into a joke, I mean, I would do the same exact thing. I would show up on an interview, speak my mind up, say, you know, we're we're very open about the situation. I mean, Mike McCarthy is not blind. He's not deaf. He's not dumb either. He he sees what's happening. So it just kind of takes the the fire a little bit. It's not going to turn it off or anything, but at least everyone hears it that he's very well aware of it. He's heard He's had those conversations yeah. with Jerry Jones, with Dan Quinn. And at the same time, I think it's another thing of like, you know, he he's a man. And men are competitive. He's in a very competitive industry, a very competitive sport. So I don't think this is a t- situation that if ever it came out about Dan Quinn living or whatever, it's like, oh, Mike McCarthy was scared of Dan Quinn taking his job at some point. It's like, no, okay, yeah, of course I'm going to stay here. Of course I'm going to say I can do this job. Of course I'm going to compete and and do the best that I can do to show you what I got. And if he fails at it, yes, he got somebody else that can take it from him but I think that it was great for him to do that and it was needed rather than go into a whole new season with all this speculation and and him getting bombarded every time at a press conference so I I applaud him for actually going out there and saying the things that he did yeah I agree with you I think sometimes not sometimes I'm a big believer in all the time control what you can control which also includes the narrative so if there's something out there that's being talked about that you're a part of and you have an opportunity to get in front of a microphone and tell your thoughts on it then do that speak whatever is the truth that you know it to be um, and whatever it is that you want people to know about the situation be be willing to do that especially in this organization because as we saw jerry jerry got out there and jerry said what he thought so if mike says nothing then it kind of just gets left as, well, Mike doesn't have any thoughts on this or he's afraid to say what he's thinking. So I think it, it was a situation where he could get out there and, and just kind of and take control of his own narrative to some degree. And, and, and it doesn't have to necessarily match up with everybody else. It's just his thoughts on the, the situation. Yeah, I thought I thought that's probably the best you could do with a not good situation. Yeah, I mean, he said it, it. We didn't play the clip, but he said earlier in the interview, like, of course, I wish we were talking about anything but this. And but, he also said, this is not something I've ever dealt with before. Yeah, oh. He made it clear. There was there were little moments in there where he said things that that it seemed like he was making it clear. Yeah, this is abnormal. I'm having to adapt to it. 
but this is the Cowboys. They, he That's, made that very clear throughout it. The Packers are certainly one of the biggest, most iconic brands in, in the league. But they, I mean, I guess the Aaron Rodgers circus last year was a taste for them of what this is like every year. Yeah. But by and large, like when even the coach of the Packers, like Mike McCarthy used to just disappear every offseason. Like you get, you have that luxury when yeah. you coach the Packers, unless your Hall of Fame quarterback just gets mad about something and turns <laughs> it into a six month news cycle. But that's not the norm in Green Bay. Yep. This stuff happens. Every year, right. so uh, good for and, him for adapting to it. You know, another part is that you know I said this earlier that I don't know how close they are to being able to be, you know, perfect to win three or four games in a row. We haven't seen that, mm-hmm. but you know, when you look around the NFC and you look at all right, who's who's coming back and who has a chance to do something, even with all the free agents that they could lose. The Cowboys should be right there at the end with a chance to go, and that's all you you want is a mm-hmm. chance. Um, and I think I think that they have. I think you said it the other day, Dave. When you look around the NFC, the, there's other teams with bigger question marks than even the Cowboys have. And the oh, Cowboys yeah. were a good team last year. Yeah, they're going to lose some guys, but they're going to they're going to probably keep some. They're going to probably they're going to bring in a couple guys that that are going to help them. I just know that. I just know Dan Quinn will do that. If we're being and, and real, Will though, McClay, that's the draft. That's that's what I find disconcerting. Is like just on paper, the cow. I mean, you can roll your eyes if you want to, but on paper, the Cowboys are in as good of a spot to roll over their momentum and be a good team next year. Like the Packers might lose Aaron Rodgers. The Bucks already lost Tom Brady. The Saints lost Sean Payton. I don't know why I included the Saints in there. They weren't even good last year. Uh, the Ram, I mean, Aaron Donald might retire. Uh, Sean McVay, there are retirement rumors about him. Which is weird to me. I heard that yeah. and I was like, what? San Francisco's probably going to trade their starting quarterback, which you can argue how good he actually is, but yeah. that they're going to... There'll they're be difference. They're going to move yeah. forward with a guy that's never really done it before. Probably yeah, Minnesota's got a new coach. Like you start going down the list of all the teams that were in the hunt, in the mix of playoffs, all that stuff. Yeah. They're all going to have different things. A lot of them will. But the Cowboys, because of who they are, and because of stuff like this, are going to be in this firestorm mm-hmm. that is going to make it more difficult than it needs to be to just focus on getting better, and that's frustrating but it is what it is uh, yeah parcells talked about it when he got here he said you know it's playing working at the cowboys coaching playing you have to be ready for it it's the big stage because it is that's where like it is a it is a uh, it's got a big light shining on it at all times and so there's always going to be extra stuff outside of just football that you got to deal with if you're going to play and coach here this goes against I know I'm just shouting into the void. It's not going to happen. But I'd love to see an offseason where the Cowboys lose in the playoffs and then just sort of fade away into the ether for six months and come back at training camp like, okay, we're ready to – we're going to try to be better this year. Like it's never going to happen that way. Instead, you're going to have the GM and the coach going back and forth about whether he'll be the coach here next year. It's just – all right. It's wild. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we are going to have some cap talk. We got some uh, some guys we need to talk about that are uh, that will up impact the cap, whether they're here or not. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio.
Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek, and we're both with... United United Ag Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. At AT AT&T... Everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone. Even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back to the break. I'm finding this read about Essler. I do know this, though. If you're going to go to the games, you can see things better with Essler lenses. Um, you see every exciting play. You can book an appointment at Essler. Experts find the perfect Essler lens for you. See more, do more, Essler. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the Break Life in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Let's talk some cap, salary cap. Uh, last week we we got started. We talked about the big names, a lot of the big names. You got your Amari Coopers and your Demarcus Lawrences, and and uh, we kind of got through all of that. This one I think is an interesting little take because it it's not a move you have to make. And it doesn't really wouldn't necessarily in none of these moves necessarily will save you a ton of money, but they could be Bits of money, and I say bits of money, I know that's going to sound weird because we're talking millions of dollars, but it could be money that if you make a few of these moves all added together, it actually could be a significant amount of money for the Cowboys against their cap. So let's talk about the cornerback position. Um, Right now, you got a guy who's going to be entering his second year in Kelvin Joseph. I would say we probably would all agree um, that he had some moments this year where he flashed, where you thought, "Eh, pretty good player. Um, That all being said, do you rely or is he reliable enough for you? Whether that be on the field or off the field, is he reliable for you, enough for you at this point for you to consider cutting either Anthony Brown or Jordan Lewis to save some money? I'm not trying to hate on Kelvin. I think it's a stretch to say that he even flashed. Really? Yes. I I think he got on the field at the end of the season and seemed to hold up pretty well. Like he played against Arizona, he did all right. Had had a chance at a pick, and then he got to play in the JV game against the Eagles, and he played mm-hmm. like seventy snaps and was fine. I don't know if that's enough to say that he flashed. I thought I, I don't. I'm not down on him at all. Do you uh, just to clarify that? 
do you think he was better, worse, or the same as what you would expect to see from Anthony Brown? I don't or think from that it's nearly enough of a sample size to compare to guys that played like a thousand snaps. I mean, Anthony Brown was out there every week, and yeah. Jordan was for the most part as well. This was his most involved season ever, and. So you, you no, going to say something? No, go ahead. Just combining that with – again, you can hate on A.B. all you want. You can hate on Jordan all you want. They were serviceable, I would say, at or near replacement level. Some weeks above, some weeks maybe a little bit below, but they were serviceable guys. By NFL standards, they're not making enough money that their contract is, like, blinking at me. You know, like every year you're like, oof, that is a contract that is not living up to what it needs to be. They are performing – right at what you expect for the money the Cowboys gave them. So I just I don't see a reason to tinker with that. Yeah, I mean, you, you, it's hard to compare anybody, but when you think about Trayvon Diggs in his second year, entering his second year, uh, he got to play a lot more um, in his rookie year, and, and you, you felt really good about him going into the second year based off of what we've seen, but I, Calvin Joseph, he didn't give us that because for whatever the reason, because he wasn't good enough really to beat out Anthony Brown or Jordan Lewis, and of course Diggs. But also when he was there, he did okay. You know, he got kicked out of a game too for like a fight. I mean, like he just for whatever the reason, he just didn't get a chance to, to show a lot. And so it's a big off season for him. I I mean, it. But you said, are you comfortable? And and it may be a situation where you have to do it anyways. You just you're 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 not going to be comfortable. It's like I guess the people that that bungee jump. I mean, they're going to do it because they have they, they feel like they have to, but they're probably not comfortable doing it. But then hopefully it works out. That's that's what it is. I mean, you might have to cut one of those guys, Lewis or or Brown, and say, well, we drafted this guy. He's going to have to play. Doesn't mean you're comfortable. I'm not going to rely on anyone that I barely remember anything of about you know like I, I I'm sitting here trying to there's nothing I can really remember and I watched every single game so there was nothing memorable that he did for me to feel comfortable enough to say oh yeah let's rely on this guy on Kelvin Joseph but at the same time when I look at the money on Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis and it's crazy because I would love to have that kind of money but at the same time it <laughs> just looks so oh, little it's like okay we, ha- we all you have to you have to we all have to agree that yeah. you there's an NFL standard yeah. and then there's a real life you standard. take the zeros off that's yeah. what I found is comfortable like it's five million dollars but if I just look at it as five that feels better to me than saying I, five million. I would yeah. faint I would faint if presented with five million dollars <laughs> but in the world of the exactly. NFL it's nothing but when you look at the, their money and what the Cowboys would save I'm just like uh it's it's nothing. Well, but let's two, two let's, zeros. I think you might want to take two zeros off, right? What do you mean? Just just to make you feel like it just it just <laughs> feels more natural to just say five versus five million. Like oh, for me, okay. it just feels thought, a little a little more relatable. Just, you have to just make the concession that we're way out of our depth. Right. When you're just like, look, this this is not our world. We're just talking about it. And just to be clear, Anthony Brown, if they were to cut him, they would save five billion. And that's regardless of if they cut him now or they cut him. You said, I, I, you said billion I with a B. Billion. I said five million. It sounded okay. like B to me. I did not say I did not I was like not trying to say billion uh we that's way off yeah five million he would uh they would save five million against the cap whether it's now or june first cut and jordan lewis would save 2.3 if they cut him now uh, 3.4 million if they cut him as a june one cut what i would do with the cornerbacks again i say this about everything like depth is great i love having depth I, like you look at the cornerback chart maybe the best i've felt about the cornerback depth chart for this team in forever like you've got 
a superstar, two adequate starters, and then two highly drafted guys that maybe you're not thrilled about, but you don't feel bad about. I mean, yeah. it's about as good as you can ask for unless you stumble into a Legion for now of Boom in the situation. Future, right? yeah. yeah. You take those guys to training camp. If Kelvin Joseph makes a digs like jump, now you got trade bait. Now you have mm-hmm. the luxury to cut somebody at roster cuts if you need to. You still save that money. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you save that money in September the same way Just you do. Just doesn't help you in free agency with with trying to resign your own guys or trying to get other guys. They right? don't give you enough money to really help you anyway. Like you get more money out of restructuring a bigger contract than you do out of cutting those guys. Well, I, that's where I think, you know, it's, it's that whole principle with money, right? Yeah, a, a dime unto itself is not a lot of money, but you start collecting dimes and before you know it you got a significant amount of money. I do think that 5 million dollars is nothing that like that that might help you resign yeah. uh, a guy that you want to be able to keep, right? That may be J. Ron Curse, right? So I think it does matter, even though it's not huge money. It's not the twenty million savings. Five million is is significant. It's not a big enough saving for me to go messing with my depth chart. That's okay. just me. Like, and that's fair. That's fair. That's going to come down to the two guys you just mentioned, and 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 the Sean Wright and Kelvin Joseph. If if those guys are ready to make that leap, but I. But do you know point, that they're ready no. until you get to like camp? Or even after that, really? No, and and I and I don't think you can you can mess with it. They didn't show you enough things where you could be like, you know, I mean, like Diggs. Diggs showed them enough that I mean they, they were excited about him. Biotis showed them enough that you know they thought they could, you know, I, don't, I think it was a mistake, but whatever. I mean, but the rookies played enough, but Kelvin Joseph hasn't done that, and 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 I've said it a hundred times. I'll say it again. The these next three or four months are. Big, big months for him because his track record has never been about talent. It's about his commitment to where he's at and and, and to put the extra work in there to really say, hey, I'm a part of this. I want to get better and not just live up to my athletic ability. That's why I want to see what he comes back in the offseason. Has he made this big leap? Has he? Does his body look better? Is he quicker? Is he taking care of himself, committed to it? If, if so, he could be really good, but yeah. we have to see. You can't predict this to a certainty, but the A.B. and Jordan Lewis deals are small enough that they're probably movable, too. Mm-hmm. Like Not for anything crazy, but if Kelvin Joseph is a badass at camp, you could trade one of those guys for a late-round pick, mm-hmm. which is better than cutting them for nothing. I mean, yeah. I know you forego the savings, but again— I'm going to restructure Dak. You can restructure Zach Martin. You can you can do a lot of stuff to free up that money well, without having to cut those guys. I haven't looked at all the free agents that are expected to be this year around the NFL, but could there be another guy that's you you wouldn't necessarily be upgrading the position and spending a ton of money, but that could provide you some kind of the different like experience from a veteran guy that maybe it's slightly better than what you got in Anthony Brown. I don't know. Like a guy that would be available in March? Like somebody else's free agent, you mean? Yeah, yeah. That maybe you're keeping an eye on and you're like, okay, this is doable and he might be slightly better than Anthony Brown. We've seen what Anthony Brown has given us and maybe he just yeah, doesn't the- cut it. Theoretically, yeah. I mean, that could be possible. It, it would cost you more to sign somebody else's guy than to just keep your own, probably. It, but It comes down to what Dan Quinn can do. Dan Quinn, Will McClay, those guys, of the players that they've studied and say, hey, you know, J. Ron Curse wasn't with um, Dan Quinn. He just had played against him and seen him and said, you know, kind of had an eye on him. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. It's who, who's going to be those guys? Mm. Um, we, we, Oh, we talked about this on the thing we shot with Britt Johnson yesterday. Just like 
after seeing that, the pressure's on to do it again. Because yeah, like that's a great point. Jaron Curse isn't even a career Quinn guy. Mm-hmm. Dan Quinn was like, yeah, it's, let's sign him, and he's a beast. And Demonte Casey was pretty good, and Malik Hooker was pretty good. Carlos Watkins probably doesn't get enough credit mm-hmm. for yep. how well he played relative to how much he cost. Like, well, go do it again because they're not going to give you significantly more funding this year. Yeah. But now we expect these free agents to hit because they did the first year under Quinn. If we go back to the norm where half of these guys get cut and the other half don't really do anything, that's going to be – first of all, it's going to be a bummer, and it's also going to impede this team from improving. Like They have to do at least as good of a job this year finding those guys as they did last year. All right, let's flip to the tight end position. Uh, Right now you've got Blake Jarwin. Uh, He is – if they were to cut him – uh, they could get $3.8 million back. If it's a June 1 cut, they could get $4.8 million back against their cap. Now, the interesting part about that is you got Dalton Schultz, who will be a free agent. And not to say that you could sign him for that same money, but certainly anything could help. Do you think that, number one, do you think uh, that the Cowboys should make Dalton Schultz a priority uh, as far as a free agent signing? And then number two, would you cut Blake Jarwin for the purposes of re-signing Dalton Schultz? Hmm. Uh, I would, I would start with Schultz. I would that would be the first thing that I you know if I'm the Cowboys I make up my mind there. I'm like, do we feel like we need him to be a part of this? And if they're like, yes, we we do. He's got to be here. He helps, you know, all the other guys. Then, then I would try to resign him. And then if that happens, then I'm going to let go of Jarwin. And the reason why is because I've always thought they're almost the same player. Mm-hmm. You know, neither one of them are great blockers. They're kind of they're a pass catcher. One's got better hands than the other. One can move a little bit better. One's taller, longer, but whatever. They're about the same. Um, so I need an, I need a blocker anyways. Mm-hmm. So I don't need both of them to do that and cost that kind of money. I could be wrong. I've been. It's it's so hard to predict what these guys are worth on the open market. I remember famously, I I missed the Terrence Williams thing so bad. Like I just I thought he would get priced out of here, and he didn't. He wound up coming back. So anything's possible. I don't I don't think the Cowboys will be able to compete with whatever Dalton Schultz gets offered if they let him hit free agency, which I assume they will. Like you just look at the free agent list. He's one of the better ones hitting this year, and certainly. Ertz, Graham, Gronkowski, like all those guys are sort of moving out of their prime. Dalton Schultz is entering his prime. I just think I think he's going to get an offer that the Cowboys can't really compete with. Um, and so that's why I would love to keep him around, but I just think like that's a classic case of like we're going to get a third or fourth round comp for a guy that we spent a fourth round pick on. We're going to wish you well. Blake Jarwin has a very similar skill set, was probably going to be our starter before he got hurt mm-hmm. in the first place, and we just move on. We just keep the guy that we already gave a small contract to and get a comp pick out of losing Schultz. That would be my guess as to what happens. Yeah, I agree with Dave. I don't think Schultz would be back on here. And then as for Blake Jarwin, I'll, I, I would be like, eh, I'm good with letting him go, but and I've been always a Blake Jarwin fan, but it's just and it's not his fault, you know. He's dealt with injuries and it's unfortunate he hasn't been what you expected him or thought he would be uh, once Jason Witten went away and all that. But 
you have to keep certain guys. You cannot go out and start cutting people and save money here and there. You need a tight end. You're going to have to address the position regardless, but by cutting him and saving that little amount of money, you're creating a bigger need on an offense that already has plenty of other needs that you're going to need to reinforce through the draft and hopefully some through free agency. So at this point, I'm like, eh, don't touch it. Just leave him on here because you need somebody there. Yeah, I kind of agree with all that because I personally, the way I look at it is, I think they're comparable players. I think, quite frankly, if Blake Jarwin had not had the injury, I think he would be having the exact same kind of numbers as what you're seeing to what we saw from Blake Schultz, uh, Dalton Schultz. I don't think Dalton Schultz, and this is the part that that really I don't know. I don't know how other teams look at him. Do they look at him as just the benefactor of the fact that the quarterback? for whatever reason, found some synergy with him, tried to dump it off to him a lot, because he wasn't really making the kind of plays often that were like, oh my gosh, wow, that was a crazy athletic play. Or like he doesn't really have that thing that jumps out to you that's like, oh my gosh, he's a really great player at the position, other than his production, which is great. Like He's catching a lot of balls. But I think if you had Blake Jarwin in the same situation, I think Blake Jarwin probably produces in the same way. And that's where I'm like, so give me the cheaper of the two. And if Blake Jarwin's a cheaper... So be it. I've been a Jarwin truther since like 2016, so I'm with you on that. I, I I think he can make all the same types of plays. I do think I don't think Dalton gets credit for his athleticism. Like he can make plays downfield. I can go make you a cut up of him making plays down the seam. He had a great catch against Vegas, touchdowns against Atlanta, uh, going down the field. Shouts out to our friends at Spotrack. Like the resources in this department have come so far over the years that I've done this. You can go look at their projection for his next contract. It's four years, $51 million. Oh, Yeah, I ain't paying that. That's what I'm saying. I just, me. I don't, I don't think the, the Cowboys can eat, will even be able to compete, honestly. Knowing, that. That they're, knowing their cap situation and the other things that they've got right. to get done, mm-hmm. I don't think. And so no. that's, it hasn't paid off so far. Like They haven't gotten what they thought they would out of Jarwin since they signed him. But that's why you do deals in advance. You're like, okay, well, this guy's pretty similar, basically the same tight end, and we've got him locked down for half the value of that contract. Let's just stick with that. I don't think $50 million would be enough to get them a third-round comp pick, but it would probably get them a fourth. Yeah. So and by could... the way, good for Dalton Schultz if he can land Absolutely. that contract. I, I would wish the best for him, but that's just one when you look at all the priorities for the Cowboys, I just don't know if he would be that that far up my priority list when I'm already worried about. If I'm talking, if they are actually having conversations about cutting guys like Amari Cooper and Tank Lawrence, then this is way down the priority list. I would not be wanting to cut those guys in favor of trying to get a deal done with Schultz. Just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-mm. Completely. And that's, I, I don't, I kind of hate these conversations because it makes it sound like I don't think Dalton Schultz right. is worth it. That's not true at all. I right. think he's he's had a fantastic two years fully in favor of him. Get, go get the bag, dude. I just don't think it's and there's always realistic that it's here. That you're like, thank you for your time yeah. and what you did here, but it's time to move on and go and that's, get more money somewhere else. That is, that's, that's the model that they've built. You can take issue with it if you want to, but you identify the guys that you need and not everybody's going to fit within those that, that money constraint and you say, well, we're going to get a draft pick for you, and we appreciate your time here, and best of luck. I mean, hopefully it's not with the Eagles. It it starts out like there's always be scared? one domino. That's scared. Just wouldn't want to have to root against him. Mm-hmm. Sorry. What? No, I just, it, it's all about Amari Cooper. Yep. I mean, yeah. he starts every 
uh, conversation. That's where you get your money, right? Yeah, well, that's how you get your money. But also, like, Cooper and Lamb and then a pretty good third receiver, whoever it is, all of that helped open up the middle for Schultz. Mm-hmm. You don't put Co- if Cooper's not there, and then it's just Lamb, and then no one else that they're really scared of. So then they double team him, and then I mean he's he had a hard time sometimes getting open when he was the second guy. Yeah. So now he's going to be the first guy, and then I mean the worst thing you could do is pay twelve and a half, thirteen million for Schultz to, to keep him. But if you did that, you had to cut Cooper, and then now, now all of a sudden you're like, why is Schultz not really that good? Because mm-hmm. he's one of the focal points, and then it's like, this other Cedric Wilson's not getting open. Right. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, it all starts with Amari, and I, I just think that would be the dumbest thing in the world to cut Amari Cooper. I really do. Preach. Because they're going to do it so they can keep Randy. But was the defense, was the defense awesome last year? I mean, not, not just Relative. turnovers. Not That's just the turnovers. It, yeah. Was the defense awesome? And yeah. I don't think it was awesome. I think yeah. it was good at times. It wasn't awesome. So you're going to keep For what the Cowboys had given you in years, it doesn't matter. I would yeah. be like, ah, oh, they were pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's a, it's a compar- relative comparison, right? right. Compared yeah. to the year before, yeah, they were yeah. awesome. But if you just look at them in the pantheon of all the teams in the yeah. NFL yeah, yeah, and their yeah, defenses, yeah. I don't know that it was awesome. It was right. good, right. and it certainly was better. So right? you're going to keep Randy Gregory so you can keep that same you know, defense, but you're going to lose Amari in this – I, I'm not doing that. I'm keeping Amari. I'm keeping this offense to be great. I need something to be great. And then I'll figure out the defense. I'll let Dan Quinn figure out the defense. Yeah. He's getting paid a lot more than he did last year. Figure it out even again. The frustrating thing is that they could accomplish both of those goals. They could push Amari's money back to free up cap space to keep other guys. And they just haven't shown a willingness to touch his money. They'll touch everybody else's money. Yeah. Every like guys who, in my opinion, are not living up to their contract nearly as well as Amari are, but they don't want to touch and, his money. And I said that last week on the show, and I said, you know, the way to do that with Amari and give him twenty million, and and now you're only going to count about ten or twelve this year, but that does push it up almost twenty eight, thirty million next year. So. That doesn't necessarily make sense. I mean, you're hoping that the NFL TV contracts come in and push the cap up and all that kind of stuff. But um, I have a question, and you know, I don't know many things about when it comes to contracts and things like that. But when you're talking about restructuring a player's contract, is that something that the player and his agent have to be in agreement with no. prior, or the Cowboys can just do it? In some cases, it's within in some cases, the player has to. Initials. If you're going to cut his contract, like we're going to pay you less money, yeah, that is a separate negotiation. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't happen that often because players are like, "No, screw you, yeah, cut, cut me." me. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the the Cowboys build their contracts. When I say restructure, you can convert their salary into a bonus which they immediately get, it reduces their cap hit Mm -hmm. and pushes it into the future, which makes them harder to cut later, but gives you instant relief. And you can do that with a click of a button. Mm -hmm. It's usually designed into these contracts where you email the agent and say, we're triggering this today. We're not asking. We're just doing yeah, it. You know Amari's do check it. for okay. $12 million will be in the mail by the I end thought. of the week. And correct me if I'm wrong. I want to say Jeff Kavanaugh tweeted this, but someone tweeted this. You responded to it where basically if you if they triggered if all they those contracts everything. right now, they'd have like $66 million available to them, which, eh, you know, I mean, and, and a lot of it, we talked about it last week. A lot of it is stuff where you're like, I mean, yeah, if you push some money forward – Really, the only contract you'd probably be really concerned about doing that with is Zeke, just because, you know, is is that the amount of money you're paying to a running back with that level of production, is that worth 
going through the whole contract. All the others, you could probably make a case to say, I don't know if I'm really against them pushing money forward on these because a lot of them are going to come due anyway in the next year or two. I would be you know? nervous about doing it with Tank. How many years he got left on his deal? Two? Three? Two, two or, or three. three. Two or three. And the injury history makes you nervous. I mean, you could, but... I don't think it kills you, I guess, is you the just, point You just have to wait. You don't think it kills you until he tears his labrum in August. and So you're not getting anything for a guy that is killing your cap now and can't be cut later. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you just you got to weigh all that stuff. Do you think he's at a point now where you're worried every year there's going to be an injury for, for Tank? I'm, I hate to dog the guy, but the results are what they are. I mean, yeah. Yes, yeah. he he has, and it's a testament to his toughness that he hasn't missed more time. Honestly, because yeah. like he's played, he played all of eighteen with like his shoulder just screwed up. You know, yeah. like that. I mean, he's played through a lot of stuff, and he's also missed time. Uh, but yes, the accumulation of injuries is significant. That it's it would always be in the back of my mind. Yeah, that one makes more sense to part ways with than, than Amari to me. Yeah, just because, especially if you're gonna resign Randy, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you resign Randy and then whatever you do with Micah, yeah. you know, Which, whatever that is. That I could see that being – I won't be surprised if the Cowboys tried to talk to Tank and his people about a pay cut. And I won't be surprised at all if Tank and his people are like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> You'd be just fine hitting the open market if that's right. what you want to do. Right, yeah. So, I think that's probably the way it goes. Like, I, I, it's I, – it, I use the term "fun" facetiously, but like I think it's I think there's gonna it's, it's gonna get a little chaotic here over mm-hmm. the next like five six weeks. It's yeah. crazy because it feels like it was just yesterday when we were having the press conference and Tank signing that contract and all that. It's like NFL changes man. fast. Life comes at you yeah. fast. It man. Changes really fast. All right, appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, we uh, we had a good conversation today. Next week we'll get back to you. Have more conversation. Till then, for Nick Eaton, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!